Welcome, everyone, to In the Queue, a podcast presented by Messick, Lauer, and Smith. From QSOs to regulatory concerns and everything in between, we'll talk about relevant topics, trends, and information in the credit union industry and how they can affect your credit union or QSO. Today, we'll be talking to Mike Mulvey, an associate attorney at Messick, Lauer, and Smith. Mike focuses his practice on assisting credit unions and entrepreneurs with QSO formation and registry. He reviews contracts and negotiates on behalf of credit unions. He also deals with other corporate legal issues and advises credit unions on the benefits of QSO formation and various QSO structures. Mike's going to be walking us through today the various types of QSOs from an ownership model. And he will also be discussing the holding company structure and its benefits to credit unions and QSOs alike. So we have a very interesting topic to discuss with Mike today. So welcome to In the Queue, Mike. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Oh, can't complain. You know, another day. So thank you so much for being here. First sure. and foremost, you've been doing some great work at the firm recently about QSO structures. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to talk to you get kind of a primer on QSO structures. So first and foremost, can you tell us the different types of ways that credit unions can create QSOs and, and what they might look like? Sure. Uh, just big picture, you can set them up to be a wholly owned QSO, just the credit union being an owner. You can also be involved with other credit unions and multi-owned QSOs. And then investing in both of those sort types of QSOs, you can set up a holding company structure, which I don't know if you saw on LinkedIn, I put an article out a couple of weeks ago. That's been I did. Catching I did. some action. So it's been good. Um, and I can go into those a little further if you'd like. Yeah. So before we focus on the holding company, you know, this idea of like a wholly owned QSO and a multi-owned QSO, um, where do you see wholly owned QSOs mostly being formed? And then also too for multi-owned QSOs, are they specific for industry or what do you think? I mean, it kind of depends. I don't know if it's specific for an industry, but I will say most wholly owned, I'll see with insurance or something like that. Or even if, say, the credit union has some back office service that they provide, maybe they have a robust HR department. What I've seen is credit unions putting their HR department's work in a QSO and then offering that service to maybe some smaller credit unions that don't have the same sort of back office capabilities. And then as far as multi-owned, I'll see pretty much runs the gamut of anything you could think of. Um, FinTech is big for credit unions to collaborate. Same with those back office services. If there's a few credit unions that say they're really good at servicing loans, they may put together a company that services tons of loans and they all receive benefits of scale and, and things through that. No, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, I think too, you know, from a wholly owned QSO perspective, you know, you have one credit union in the room. You know, and that itself can take time sure. know, for, for an entire credit union board to create a QSO. What types of considerations come into play when there's more than one credit union? You know, when you have three, four, five. Sure. You know? Well, even going back to wholly owned, I think one of the bigger considerations that is maybe the one that takes the most amount of time is deciding on a name for the company. Really? Yeah. I mean, sometimes they'll say we have this great idea. And I'm like, well, great. We can definitely set a company up, but we need a name. And then it's hold on, we'll get back to you on that. And it could take a while just how their meeting, you know, their credit union board meeting shake out and they'll send me a handful of names. We don't really like those. So that kind of going back to the drawing board a lot is sometimes what takes the most time. 
Um, so the name, though, huh? the, the biggest considering factor there for the credit union. Yeah, in some <laughs> cases, because, you know, you're going to use it for marketing and those sorts of purposes. And you want to have a name that people can, it's either catchy or they understand what your business is going to be because of what the name is. That makes sense. As far as multi-owned, I mean, the real thing, you're looking at it from an investment perspective. And what you want to consider is what you get for your investment as far as what your voting rights are as a member of the company. Not only just there are things, depending on your governance documents, there's member votes, but then there's also board decisions that are made. And where are you in putting someone on the board? Is the board made up through just an election or does each member get to appoint someone to the board or is there some hybrid of that? Um, also, what are your financial rights compared to other members? You know, you're going to invest however much you're going to invest and, and what you get in return for that. Another thing to think about, even though this is sort of a, a negative topic, but disassociating from the company, you know, everyone wants to get involved in these business ideas and they're great relationships to get into, but you also need to think about, you know, if this doesn't go how we envision it going, how do we get out? And, and you want to know that ahead of time because you don't want to try to figure it out 18 months down the road when you're, when the relationship maybe goes sour or something like that. Also, no. I was just going to say real quick, that is a great point, right? Uh, you know, everybody's always excited to right. enter into a new relationship. How you get out of that relationship, though, um, not always the most important topic to, to cover or the most thrilling topic, I guess, right? Yeah, no, I mean, when I bring it up, it's usually eye rolls and puffing and puffing, thinking that I'm trying to destroy the relationship before it gets started. But, right. I bet. you know, attorneys, you have to think about those things. Um, something else along with that, if you have the ability to sell your ownership interest, what that looks like. In a lot of cases, I see that the company will have a right first refusal or something like that, or maybe you can sell it to other investors before you find an outside third party. And the reason for that is, is maybe some of the credit unions that you're investing with don't want to be involved with just some random credit union that they don't know, or just any potential buyer. They kind of want to control how that goes a little bit. Also, something you want to think about if you're in a collaborative effort, are there any non-credit union investors and what your relationship with them is going to be like, whether you have to be using their service or something like that? Um, have you done due diligence on that company and those sorts of things? That's a great point, Mike. Um, you know, when you're entering into these multi-owned QSOs, you know, it's important not only to make sure all the documents are in line. And it's like you said, but it's these, these partnerships that are formed ultimately between all the different entities, right? Right. And I, and I think a big thing is you want to make sure that the other credit unions involved, I mean, hopefully you have, you know them ahead of time that maybe you build a relationship up with them and you want to make sure that everyone has the same strategic vision for the company. Because what, what happens at the beginning, like we were just talking about, everyone is, you know, honeymoon phase and excited to be involved in a relationship, but then, you know, 18, 24 months down the road, if people's strategic vision has changed, then it's going to cause some problems or could potentially cause problems and that lead to a falling out and everyone saying, well, I want out of this. And so we try to avoid that at all costs. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, lesser of those and, and more productive and profitable cases. Right. So, you did, um, and I did highlight at the beginning of the interview here, your work with holding company and what that looks like from a structural standpoint and, and how you might have subsidiaries underneath the umbrella, say, of that holding company. Um, what are the benefits of setting up QSOs in that type of structure? 
I would say the biggest benefit comes from an investment cap standpoint. So, and this applies to state chartered and federal credit unions. Everyone knows in the federal credit union regulations, it's 1% of assets. And then each state, it's very similar to that, but it may be a different percentage, you know, 1%, 5%, 10%. Um, but how it's written, it's that the credit union invests. So what you can do with the holding company is leverage profitable investments that you make. So for example, your ABC credit union sets up ABC credit union holdings, and then you decide to start out with a wholly owned insurance company. You can use those profits, distribute them to the holding company and use that money for further investments into other operational QSOs, or maybe you invest into a collaborative effort that distributed money from the insurance company that the holding company reinvests doesn't count towards your cap because the credit union never invested the money. So that's really the big advantageous benefit to it. Right. And it helps uh, streamline the process too, I'm sure, dealing with the holding company instead of back and forth with the credit union. Right. So usually most most credit unions, the board is involved in any sort of QSO investments. What you can do is say your credit union could invest in QSOs in total, maybe $5 million or something like that. You could put maybe half of that money in the holding company and have that board make decisions before it has to go back to the QSO board to get further investment. But it's also, you want to dedicate a group of people that are constantly reviewing QSO investments and thinking of in the credit union's best interest as to how to spend that capital. No. Yeah. I mean, again, that, that sounds all great. And, and so far, you know, it, it sounds like a wonderful opportunity for credit unions and QSOs to explore. Uh, what have you seen out there, you know, that could cause hiccups down the road, uh, at least initially, or maybe down road a bit, you know, what, what have you seen? Yeah. The only maybe like road bump I see from time to time is it's more of a governance thing, like who you're going to put on that holding company board. And then say you have operational QSO. I'll go back to the insurance example. You don't want the board to be the same in each of these operational companies. And so what I usually recommend to clients is for the holding company, you want people that have a more strategic vision for the credit union. And then in your operational QSOs, you want people on the board that have industry expertise in that area. So you would want maybe someone that has an insurance background sitting on that insurance QSO board and then say you got into loan servicing well, just having that insurance person on a loan servicing board may not be that great of a decision because that person may not know much about loan servicing to help the group make a decision on something. And so right. I think finding that mix of people that understand their strategic vision of where the credit union wants to go, but then mix with people that have industry expertise, I think goes a long way. No, that makes perfect sense. So one of the things before we wrap up here today, I did want to talk to you about was say I'm a credit union, right? Say that uh, I'm invested in multiple QSOs, maybe wholly owned, maybe, you know, mixed, you know, have some uh, multi-owned member QSOs as well. And I already have set up these QSOs, right? Um, Is there a way, you know, we can kind of align all of those QSOs under a holding company? What, What type of advice do you have for credit unions and QSOs out there? So you definitely can. It's not a it's not, if you don't set up the holding company initially, you're kind of out on that opportunity. You definitely can still do that. It's more just a, a lot of paperwork involved in doing that. And so what you would have to do is you assign all the ownership interests in these specific QSOs, whether they're wholly owned or multi-owned, over to the holding company. So then the holding company takes the place of the credit union and all those. Um, the only time that it could be 
somewhat problematic in, in those multi-owned QSOs, what the language is about transferring your ownership rights to somebody else, what that entails. In most cases, it's not really an issue. The credit union would let the board of that QSO know like, hey, we're setting up a holding company. And most of them are aware of what that means. And there's usually no pushback or anything like that in your ability to transfer the interest over. Okay. So yeah, it doesn't sound like it's, it's too involved of a process. I'm sure it depends on how many QSOs, right? We're trying to, right. to fit under one uh, holding company umbrella. But Mike, I, I think this has been a great introduction to QSO structures, you know, from you know, the wholly owned to the multi-owned to the holding company that you've written uh, in your paper. And can you tell us please, um, you know, where we could find that paper and anything else that you're working on for the firm? Sure. Uh, our LinkedIn page will have that memo. And then if you go on the firm's website, qsolaw.com, uh, it'll be there as well. All right, great. And how can everybody reach you if they have any questions about QSO structures or anything like that? Sure. Well, you can always call, uh, but then you can send me an email. It's mmolby at qsolaw.com. All right, Mike, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a great opportunity talking to you. Absolutely. Thanks. That will do it for this episode of In the Queue. Thanks again to Mike Mulvey for his time today discussing a primer on QSO structures. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast feed and receive the latest news and information in the world of credit unions and QSOs. Uh, Once again, I'm Mike Heller. Thanks for everybody's time, and until next time.